Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter show on the Miami Dolphins radio network. Miami Dolphins football on the Miami Dolphins radio network is sponsored by Ticketmaster, official marketplace of the NFL. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com slash Dolphins. Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood, South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination. Rubenstein Law, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Chevron with Tecron, Chevron, together, ahead. Totino's Pizza Rolls, take home gating to the next level. It's Totino's or game over. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Miami Dolphins fifth quarter postgame show. I am Travis Wingfield. I am joined by Seth Levitt and O.J. McDuffie, and what we just saw, I think, was a football game, fellas. O.J., initial thoughts on Dolphins and Colts. Hot garbage. Straight hot garbage, man. You know, in all phases, I saw nothing positive from any phase of the game today. You know, the game... For me, it was a little tough to watch, you know, with everything going on. You know, we're honoring one of the greatest football coaches in NFL history. Throwback day. It's been a throwback weekend, alumni weekend. And for this team to go out there and lay another egg, you know, honestly, just be real about it. Four weeks in a row on on, on a, a monumental weekend, you know. And, I, you know, I text you guys early. I'm like, I, I might get fired today. And if I do, so be it. But well, we we're, not gonna, have that. we're not going to sit here and sugarcoat how bad this team has been playing. Offensively, defensively, special teams, everything about this team has been, in my opinion, not you, you guys, I mean, say what you want, but in my opinion, it's been hot garbage. Undisciplined team, big mistakes in big-time situations, you know what I mean? Nobody making any plays, the dink and dunk, not being able to stop anybody on third down a lot of times. It was, it was embarrassing. It really was. I was out there with 150-plus alumni guys. Some guys haven't been back here in 30 years. And this is the show you put on. It's not not that you put on a show for the alumni, but the, the show you put on at home. It was, it was embarrassing. It was, it was really, really bad. And uh, unfortunately, I, don't, I didn't see any positives today, Travis. I did not, man. It was, um, it was just a bad day. And it's been a bad 
first few weeks of the season. The things that you used to be able to hang your hat on, as recently as even week one with this football team in terms of good defense, strong fundamentals, and, and penalty yardage, and not being in the wrong place. Today you have an offsides that cost you a, a, a takeaway, basically. Gives the ball back to the Colts offense on fourth down because you can't get lined up correctly. Eric Rowe getting allowing tight ends to catch passes over the top of him. That didn't happen at all last year except for Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey, two all-pros in their own right. Today, Mo Alley-Cox gets him a primarily blocking tight end. Offensively, can't pass protect. You don't take any chances down the field until – basically, it's too late, right, Juice? Like, at that point of the right. game, when you're trying to trying to get vertical down by two touchdowns and you start to see Devontae Parker making plays and Mike Gesicki get involved in the offense – and then, you know, this is another point that I, I don't love is the fact that Jalen Waddell goes from three catches, 30 yards in the first couple of possessions, and he doesn't have a catch the rest of the game or right. even a target the rest of the game. So everything this team that could hang their hat on last year, a 10-win season, it's not there right now. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, you talk about all these different situations. I see some guys that are players on this team not making any plays, zero plays. I'm not seeing anybody making anything happen on defense again. You know, offensively, I don't know what to expect on offense because you just never know what team's going to come out there week in, week out. You know, um, Malcolm Brown, I think, got to start today. You know, and I, I thought that, you know, for whatever reasons, I, you know, I don't – during the week, it's about me and the family. Travis, you'll know why guys are playing, guys are sitting, why guys are doing all that stuff. But for me, I go out there and I watch the game and I try to evaluate and analyze what's going on. So, for me – you know, I, I enjoy whatever's going on there, but the same thing that we talked about week in, week out is the same thing that's going on. The dink and dunk, finding guys, you know, Waddle getting no opportunities. Fuller showed early and he was going in the game. You can, you can explain that later, whatever's going on with him. Finding Gasicki in the, only in the last <laughs> fourth quarter. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't get what the game plan is because obviously they don't get what the game plan is. No, it's – I mean, early in that game, it just seems almost like they're content to accept three and outs as the final result there because the offense, it's just negative play, negative play, try a deep pass, and it goes for not. Or Jacoby Brissett's trying to scramble around back there and make a play, or he misses somebody, or, you know – He missed a lot of somebodies today. missed a lot of somebodies today, but – and it's just – it's it's one thing after the, the other. I mean, we talked about – I think Seth and I spoke halftime about how – you know, there's there's springs in the offensive line every single play because every one of these guys is is getting beat every two, three, or four snaps, and they're they're trading them off. So every single play, you've got a free rusher coming around the corner, coming down the middle, a blitzer coming off the edge, whatever the case may be. It's just an offense, Seth, that just cannot get going. And then from that perspective, like how do you feel that impacts the defense? Because the last two weeks we sat here and talked about how well the defense was put in bad spots by the offense. Do you feel that way today, or was it just a collective meltdown in terms of offense, defense, special teams? I think it was a little bit of both. I, I mean, a absolutely. When you had, I don't know, 60-something yards of offense in the, through three quarters, that has to wear on a defense. It, absolutely it does. But as Drew said when he walked into the, to the room here, the defense still is paid to make plays regardless of what's happening on the other side of the ball. And there were opportunities for stops to be made and enough of them weren't made. And what's most – and, and look, Juice, I, you know, we all share in your frustration. Obviously, you're vocalizing it. I don't want you to get fired today. Okay? <laughs> Nobody so, wants so that. So let's, let's try and keep that because that would turn things completely you know, down the drain here. But the, the reality is, is that the stage was set. We all felt we were going to see the best Miami, version of the Miami Dolphins football team that we had seen all year this week. You're, you're coming back home, showed signs of life late against Las Vegas on the road, to your point, and not that that should matter in the locker room, but it was an opportunity to, 
to put on a good show in front of the veterans, to, to put on a good show in front of fans who are here to honor Coach Shula, and, and more than anything, just right the wrongs of the season. You know, there was an opportunity to, to give something that you hadn't seen all year, and they didn't get it figured out. And, and that is exceptionally frustrating. I, and the thing is, I don't know what the answer is, right? I mean, you know, some folks want Tua to come back. Some folks are talking about, and I don't agree with this at all, they want to replace Brissett and, and have Sinet. I don't see that as the answer. I think Jacoby did some things where he did kind of avoid the rush there. Uh, he was under a tremendous amount of pressure, but he's got to make those throws when the opportunities present themselves, yeah. Juice. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a, that's a great point. You know, we wonder why it's a dink and dunk offense. I think we know why. There's zero protection to get downfield at times. Yeah. So what do you expect him to do? But what we do expect him to do is when you get these quicks, you get these opportunities to throw a hitch, to throw it out, the quick outs or whatever it is, to hit the guys. Right. Bottom line, that's – I mean, if we can't get it vertical because of the lack of protection, then when you get these opportunities to throw a, a five-yard hit, six-yard hitch, hit it. That's how you build in the deep shots because you get yourself into short down and distance, and they just can't get out of their own way on that. And so let me ask you that. You talk about the deep shots, and we talked about this last week. Like, why, why did it take till the end of the game and being down two or three scores against Las Vegas to all of a sudden start throwing the ball downfield, right, Juice? And we saw that again today. I mean, it really was, uh, I hate to say the blueprint, but it was very similar to what we saw last week. Yeah. Couldn't move the ball. Statistically, you're scratching your head saying, how, how is this even possible that you only have 60-something yards of offense? And then we start to move it in, to some degree late in the game. How much of that, you know, we keep hearing this take what the defense gives you, but at some point don't you need to dictate the game plan to the defense and make them react to the things that you're doing and is that simply play calling? How much of that is situational? Why does it take till the fourth quarter for Mike Kosicki to get involved? Why does it take for the fourth quarter for us to start throwing the ball down the field to Parker? I don't know the answer. And, I, you know, I, I hate to look to you, Juice, to, to have that answer. You're not in those meetings calling those plays. But you have been in that huddle. What, what – is it as simple as just saying call different plays earlier in the game? And just to add some context to that, Juice, after they went down two touchdowns, plays of 25, 22, 21 yards, and then on the following drive when they scored again, a 42-yard pass to Devontae Parker. So three yeah. very explosive plays right out of the shoot after they go down by two scores. Well, defense called, they had to know they were coming, right? Well, yeah, well, defense is called a lot differently, obviously, when you're up a couple scores late in the game. You know, and I, I mean, you get those opportunities. But shouldn't it be harder to go deep at that stage when you're playing kind of a soft defense? Yeah, but you, you're not going to go deep, deep. But 20 yards is what they're going to give you. They're going to give you 20 yards. Okay. They're going to give you anything. in fr They're going to keep everything in front of you for sure, you know. And so, yeah, anytime you get those, these, these, you know, these are fantasy stats at the end of the day. You know, you get a guy that's getting catches and passes late in the game like that, it's all fantasy stats, you know, and you get these opportunities. So, I mean – we haven't done anything in a game to threaten anybody deep with our speed guys, especially early in games. When have, when have we opened up a quarter or, or, or a second quarter even, you know, with, with – you know, we got Will Fuller back. Why is there no, like, right away a shot of him going down the field right now? Well, you had him back why, for a little bit. I'm just saying. But so, all right, the series or two he was in, why is there no opportunity for him to go deep on somebody? But that's my question to you. Exactly. So that, that's the thing I'm sure – so, so you're as perplexed as we are. Right, exactly right. So if they have it in there, why aren't we even taking a shot? If you've got a guy like that, even Waddle, you know, the, the lack of opportunities or shots downfield are mind-boggling to me. You know, we always here's – here's the thing about it. 
when we talk about defense, we sit there and we talk about if you have to take if, – if a team wants to go down on a 12-play drive, there's so many opportunities along yep. the way where they're going to mess it up. They're going to mess it up. And that's our philosophy that we're going to go down on 12-play drives with the way we play offense. You need to get half of that at, at one point on one play. And we don't, we don't do that. And it's conflicting because that's the defensive principle too. That's how they want to play defense is to – not play soft. I hate saying that term, but almost invite the run game. Take your take your three, four-yard chunks, and we'll just wait until you get to the red zone. We'll clamp you down. You can kick your field goal and get your three points. And then you turn around on offense, and you're playing right into that hand as well. Right. And we, and we don't have – honestly, let's be real about it, the personnel to sit there and put a 15-play drive together. Right. You know, we're not going to be – we're not going to run block, you know, get first and ten. We're not going to pick up four or five on the run. You know, we're not going to pick up two or three, you know. And even more bothersome for me was even when we get down there, what, what are we doing on the goal line with first and goal to go inside the five and we have these garbage plays in terms of no movement, you know. Then we're back. We're, we're on the line. We got quarterbacks and we're running the ball, ball. Then we're back in shotgun again. And all these different situations that are just, you know, not good football in my opinion. You know, so I, I don't get it. I don't know who calls the short yardage plays between the two cor- coordinators, you know, but some of the stuff that we're doing, it's not working. And it starts up front. It really does start up front. Up front is a huge problem for us. And, if we, and, and until we get that figured out, we, we've, got, we've got no answer for anything, Big Seth. Well, so that's my question to you is we know what has gone wrong. We've watched it. We've watched all those games. I don't think this is a I-need-to-watch-the-film moment. We've seen enough of it on film, right? My question to you, Juice, is what do you have to do to right the wrongs? Because it sounds like you know, you've got some concerns with play calling. Certainly there's concerns with execution. You know, we've seen some of that. But what has to happen? I, obviously, you know, we talked about this, I think, after the Buffalo game, where this team has to get really insular and has to believe in each other and find a way to lift each other up, challenge each other, uh, you, you know, guys have to who, – whoever the leaders are on this team, whoever the true leaders, not just appointed leaders, but the true leaders in this team, have to hold guys accountable, and they have to stick together and make it happen. But beyond that, what has to happen? Let, let's come back to that on the other side. I also want to get Juice's opinion here as far as how this team kind of rallies after a, a three-game losing streak and come back to it. I just, I'm curious to see how it, all, how it all stacks up. We'll ask Juice here, our, our player – on the show here with us, the former player for the Miami Dolphins, to give us a perspective from the player. So coming up, we'll hear from head coach Brian Flores after tonight's game. Again, final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Colts 27, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. In season or off season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron together ahead and we left off the last segment with a question there from Seth over to OJ talking about what's next because you know you talk about Seth watching the game tape on this not all that interested in going back and doing that I will because it's my job I get paid to do that but I'm not looking forward to it I'll tell you that much right now but I do want to go ahead and, and take a look at what's next because I think Dolphins fans across across the globe here in South Florida need a little bit of I, I mean something to think about going ahead that, that makes them positive for the rest of the season and I, I don't know what that might be but when you talk about offensively defensively or just in the in the locker room OJ what comes next how do you how do you take this take it in approach it and go out against a tough team in Tampa Bay next week and put up a good performance yeah I mean there's nothing else can be done about this past lackluster performance right so right now everybody's got to tighten up individually 
you know, the cliche always is football is the ultimate team sport, but there's a lot of one-on-ones out there. And our team right now, I said it last week, we're losing the one-on-one battles. You know, whether it's offensive tackle versus defensive end, whether it's wide receiver versus a cornerback, whether it's a tight end versus one of our safeties, we're losing these one-on-one battles. So everybody's got to look at themselves. Everybody's got to be Michael Jackson here and, you know, and look in the mirror and see what am I doing that's not working. Whether it's even, even the coaches, and Coach Flores, I'm sure, is going to reiterate that. Something's not happening right here week in, week out. I get tired of hearing we had a great week of practice. Yeah. I get tired of hearing that this guy did had a great do, doing a great job when it doesn't translate on Sunday, which all that matters. I don't care what you do all week if it doesn't translate on Sunday. It's like some of the guys you see had great preseasons, you know, training camps. I don't care. We've seen that before. What are you doing when the, when the game is on the line to make a play? We've had some big-time players on this team completely disappear. You know, and I'm not going to call anybody's names out. Half of them on defense, half of them on offense. Yeah. I don't know what's going on the offensive line, you know, but we knew that was an issue from the beginning until they figured it out. But our defense is what we're going to hang our hat on. But we can't stop anybody, Big Seth. We yes. can't get a takeaway when we need one. We'll get one to continue our streak, but we need three well, or four. Well, that was a special teams takeaway as well. It really wasn't even a defense. Exactly takeaway. right. And exactly essentially right. essentially unforced, really. I mean, a muff punt. Correct. Correct. So, bottom, I mean, we have to have guys out there that are we're, – we're at home, man. It's 80 degrees out there. You know, they're sitting in the sun the whole time. It's a warm game. But, but, but look at it. They go out there and they, they took it to us. And they had injuries of their own. Exactly they had a right. bunch of them. Yeah. And I, I From the beginning before – didn't even play. Yeah. Not, even, not even injuries that happened in the game. It was injuries before the game even started. Right. But, again, that's why I go back to – what, what has to happen? Is it as simple as that? Is it as simple as everybody looking in the mirror and making sure that they handle their job and not point fingers and not worry about everybody else, but that they give the best version of themselves? I mean, is, is there anything else that can be done? I, you know, you, if you get on Twitter, and if you dare, right, it's scary to get on there right now. Mm-hmm. People are calling for this person to be fired, that person to be fired, that person to be cut. We've seen that. You know, th- does there need to be a shakeup? I mean, that's – to me, it's early in and the And I don't season. mean firing coaches. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying yeah, uh, on the field. Does it, because to me, I think the roster you have, the coaching staff you have, is who you got to ride with this right. season. So I, I want to be clear on that. But do you think there needs to be some shakeup with what the product is that's being put out on the R53 field? is R53, right? Yeah. That's what we have, right? Look at some of the inactives today. You have some guys that you thought might be able to go out there and, and play a little bit. When's Little going to get an opportunity? Because yep. what's going on with the offensive line where Little can't get an opportunity right now? How, yeah, many, how many times did you on. see Austin Jackson chasing a guy in the backfield today? Uh, unbelievable. You know, and, you, and it's crazy to look at. Like our whole, our whole line is like top draft picks. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's a top draft pick when you only have seven rounds. When we talk about first three rounds, they're all top draft picks. You yeah. know what I mean? And – the fact that we can't get those guys to, to, to quote-unquote, figure it out, you don't even have to have a great offensive line in the NFL or any, any level of football. You don't, have to, you don't have to have a great team on the offensive line. You have to have, have a, a good group of guys that know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. You know? And but I want to believe that we do, Juice. I mean, I think we've seen moments – where these guys have played certainly better than, than they're when, playing When right this now. year have we seen it? Not this, not year, this year. Not this year, right? Well, when this year we talked about when they needed to have that drive in game one. One drive in the New England game. Sure. To put uh, it away. When they, when they had, and it didn't work out, but when there was a, a comeback attempt in Las Vegas, 
they kind of held it together enough to put points on the board and give and themselves a chance about to this. win. We talked about this. This is prevent situation. Things a little wide open. You know, we had opportunities down the field because they're bringing three man or maybe a four or light four man rush. Keep contained. You know, when it's early in the game, when you got to pound somebody, pass game, run game. When have we seen our When have we seen our guys go out and have an initial drive in the first quarter? That's game one. Game one. That sets a sets. So you know what that takes me back to? That brings me back to the idea. And I told you guys this after Tua got hurt in that Buffalo game. I told you guys. I don't think this offense is constructed in a way that Jacoby can have success with because I don't believe that it suits his skill set. You know, we talked about his skill set, you know, last week we had fun with it, right? Because he was making plays off schedule and getting out of the pocket and making the plays down the field. And it was fun for a little bit. You know, we even had some fun with that. But I just wonder how much of this offense was built in a certain way that's that's around a particular player's skill set. And you draft players for that guy. You sign players for that guy. You get an offensive line that's supposed to be able to be more so leaning on players. And I, I think if you look at, for instance, Austin Jackson's good plays this year, they've, and they're few and far between right now. He's having a rough start to the season. But when he's had good plays, they've been in the running game. And so you think about those guys leaning on the defensive line and kind of establishing the RPO game. You can't go RPO at Jacoby Brissett. It's not his game. So that's a, it's a chunk of the offense that you remove. I don't think RPO is the base necessarily, but it's a chunk that you can rely upon for first down, for drive starters, for you know getting yourself seven yards in that first, that first play of the drive and, and really get the thing going and, and get to your hurry-up offense. And the communication is more fluid and smooth because you have that quarterback that has been there for the entire offseason program and training camp and preseason. And then he goes out, and we don't score points against Buffalo. We get a defensive score to start the Raiders game and then a short field with the Malcolm Brown touchdown run. Then the fourth quarter in overtime happens. Great. That was fun. You go all game today, and there's nothing happening until basically the fourth quarter. So how much do you put it back on the quarterback? Is it is it because you're with a backup quarterback, or is it – But it's got to be more it's than gotta, that. It's, it's it has to be, be more than more that, than but that. how much of it is the fact that two was not out there right now? Man, I'm not working. willing to say that's yeah, all it is. It's, it's, it's more than it's more than a quarterback position. It it, it really is, man. It, it, and that, we keep beating this horse in terms of what's going on. We haven't established anything up front, and nothing, even pass protection. You know, even run protection. Then also, I looked at the game. It's nice to see the game in person. We see guys with not very much separation either. No. It's it's a it's a combination of. An, an inept offense at times where guys are not making plays, not giving protection to make plays, or we get an opportunity, we have a drop, or we have a bad pass. You know, you talk about a, not an RPO offense. Neither are the Colts. Carson Wentz is running the RPOs. That you know, they're they they they're, they're kind of they got the same kind of quarterback that we have. You know, that's right. But his ass is not getting tackled for loss. He's not on his on his heels. He's sitting there throwing the ball, giving guys opportunities. And so where are we at with that? You know, where, where are the Dolphins at when it comes to these one-on-one opportunities and, uh, you know, guys not getting open or the ball not being on time or zero, zero protection? Yeah, I mean, the protection breaking down, I think, had a lot to do with all of the other things you talked about because there were moments there. We talked about it. There were some moments early on in the game where – it looked like there were some guys flashing down the yep. field and maybe Jacoby chose to, to go in a different direction. And I don't know what he's seeing there. Yes, at times he was under duress, but there were times there where maybe he took a throw that was, in his mind, higher percentage. I don't know. You know, he, he's going to have to answer that later. But there were moments there where I thought guys were open. There were moments where the ball was getting to guys who were paid to be playmakers and they were making some plays. They were fighting for tough – and, again, it goes back to that dink and duck and, and, and I don't know how – 
successful you can be in those 10-play drives like you talked about earlier. Those things happened. But I just feel like it has to be more than that. And as much as we can talk about what went wrong till we're blue in the face, the reality is is that they've got a game next week, and it's against a pretty good football team. <laughs> yeah, but we're doing post-game. We're doing post-game. We're, we're, but, Jess, I can't well, look backwards. Well, we're I got to look forward. We're, we're talking post-game, though. So, we're talking about the game we just laid an egg I on. Understand. So, right? I so understand. So, what the hell else are we going to mean? We're, what are we going to do in, in terms of, you know, what we, I mean, we, if we, we can talk about tomorrow, the next game tomorrow. But we got to talk about what just happened today. I understand what you're saying. But what happened today needs to be talked about and discussed because that's our job right now. Well, it is our job, but it's also like where do you go from it? Because what happened today happened last week. You know, I've seen that. I've seen that movie already. I've seen it too many times this season, and we're only four games into it. So what I'm saying is based on what happened today, and I get it. This is postgame, but, but I don't have a shot tomorrow to talk about it anyway. So I want to look ahead as well. And, re- again, coach has to get up there and so we look ahead in the, second, in the second hour. In the second ahead. hour you want to yeah, wait, so this hour is about looking ahead. What are you we got all these people that are listening to postgame right now. Yeah. They're not, they're not thinking about Tampa right now. Well, they need to. They, they shouldn't be. They need to figure out. I need, disagree. We need to talk about what the hell happened today. I know what happened, Juice. Right. 24-hour rule applies to wins and losses. Yeah. Now I'm ready to move forward. I have to. But, but, again, I want to know how do you fix it. I want to know how you fix it. Bro, we're in this building, the, the building across the street. Mm-hmm. Is the one that needs to fix this, and nothing we can do to fix it. If we had the answer, they should have the damn answer. So if we're sitting here having this discussion about, you know, we can't even agree on what game to talk about right now. So you have to imagine the division in that locker room. Not division. That's a bad word. I, I don't want. Well, to. That's the thing. They can't get divided. So how, right how, now. Do, how does that? How does the dynamic work in the locker room right now? Are guys are guys looking over their shoulder and saying, "Hey, this guy didn't make a play." Are they are they going back? How does Brian Flores keep this team right now on the same track and keep them all together and get them together? Because outside noise right now is going to try to divide these guys. You're going to have to have your leader step up and and really. Work to write this ship, right? You says, I mean, you- every single person on this team should be extremely nervous. Every single position, that I agree every with. single person should be extremely nervous. And I talked about it before with us. Like on Tuesday, I'd have a, somebody in there trying out for every single damn position. You know what I mean? Because these guys people obviously are getting a little comfortable not, not making plays. You don't make plays in this league, you don't play in this league. That's right. It's a production-based. It's bottom yeah, line. Yeah, performance-based job. Bottom line, Absolutely. Man. I and, agree with that. And so when you're not doing your job, which is all you got to do is your job, nobody else's job, then somebody else needs to come in. There's a lot of guys on the street that are hungry to play in this league. That's right. And, and there are keep... pretty good players out there that don't get opportunities. So what about on this roster, before we go out in the street? No. Cause guy, so you don't think shuffling somebody who's in the starting position now, giving someone else more playing time, you don't think that there's anything else on this roster in-house? Because if somebody well, on the street can play better, then that's a bigger the problem. The only one that would know that is, is Travis has seen all 85 guys all the way down to the 53. Ah. You know what I mean? And so Travis has seen anybody we have in this roster that potentially could, you know, unseat somebody that's, you know, that's sitting there that's out there not making plays. So, I mean, I, me personally, all I can go by is the, the, the 22 they put out there, you know. I, have, I haven't said anything about any backups, any subs that are out there that might be potentially better than anybody out there, right. you know. So it's all about, you know, who is on the roster that could upsee or make a better opportunity for guys out there. Our wide receivers, what wide receivers we have? We, our best wide receivers are out there playing. Our best running backs on the roster are playing. Our best linemen – as far as I know, are playing. 
Well, he did. Yeah, five best guys. Our best secondary sure. are playing. Well, I think I think Seth touched on it with regards to Greg Little being an inactive. Maybe that's an option on the offensive line because right now the offensive line's got, something's got to change. You can't. You're not going to go through the entire season like this. You're going to get another quarterback hurt. You're going to be inept offensively, and you're you're going to just be stuck in the mud if you don't if you don't get more production on this offensive line. It's going to be a long long season and we already saw one guy come up today for an injured Michael Dieter who gets hurt in practice at the, and we I think we talked about this he was probably the best of the first five or the, of the front five through the first three games of the season he gets hurt in practice so it's just been one of those Murphy's Law everything that can go wrong that has gone wrong can go wrong right. has gone wrong so you know we can talk about that I'm also curious about the fact that back in 2016 the last time this team made the playoffs they start one and four and they made wholesale changes like Seth talked about and they went on a six-game winning streak. So maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's something else we can hear from Brian Flores after this because we're going to hear from him in the third segment here coming up on the post-game show. We'll get to that next. Get to your Mazda with get your new Mazda with Gunther Plus at Gunther Mazda or online at GuntherMazda.com for car buying done your way. you got to get to Gunther. We'll hear from Brian Flores and Jacoby Brissett coming up. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Colts 27, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter post-game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. This is the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. You're listening to the Dolphins on the Joe WQAM with Joe Rose and Zach Kranz weekday mornings from 6 to 10. Have an extra couple of minutes? Try Totino's Pizza Rolls in the air fryer for extra crispy deliciousness. Mmm, those crispy bite-sized poppable bursts of pizza. Totino's Pizza Rolls. It's Totino's or game over. We have head coach Brian Flores coming up here. Uh, in the minute on the next segment, but Juice, we finished off that last segment. They're talking about possible changes. I know we we uh, you kind of want to you want to talk this game. Seth wants to move on. I'm kind of somewhere in between as far as what we do here. But uh, you know, I think we have to kind of unpack this thing first and 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 figure out you know diagnose this thing because right now it's we're, we're a sick patient in the in the ER in the waiting room and we're got to go in there and figure out what's going on. So well, you know, Travis, man. Yeah, am I going to complain that it hurts or give me some damn medicine? <laughs> you know, Travis, for me, man, you know, I. You know, we, and we all do. And I, I think that's one thing that we love about doing this post-game shows. We, we love this team, bro. So you go out there and you see a game like that, and it's, it's frustrating. So you come in here, and I come in here, you know, with, with an attitude because we all expect better. We expect – I mean, we – let's be honest here. This, this, this is an 0-3 team that came in here and beat us down. Yeah. Let's be real about this, man. You know, nobody's thinking about Tampa. I know there's no way they were talking about Tampa in, the, in our locker room. There's no way they were talking about Tampa next week compared to taking care of business this week. So what's the, what's the deal here? Are we, a, you know, a team that can't rise up at home? You know, what's our record at home right now, Big Seth? 0-2. For sure. We're 0-2 at home. Well, I talked about this from the beginning. You know, you got to at least go 6-2, and 7-1, 8-0 at home. All right, our two losses are already here. Now what do we do at home? Went out. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's – yeah. That's what you love to see. You know, and I love to hear <laughs> I mean, that. what do you want me to say? <laughs> like, I can't do anything to Have change what happened. Have you seen anything happened. from no. this team that will tell us we're going to Very concerned. Out Thank you. Yeah, Very it's, concerned. It's not I'm not so going to say that I'm not concerned. I'm asking what needs to happen. Why don't, we, why don't we go to Coach? Why don't we go to Brian Flores right now, who just finished up his press conference here at Hard Rock Stadium. Let's go ahead and throw it to Brian Flores and see if he has some of the answers for us here. I think we just – we play bad across the board. Um, offensively, defensively, in the kicking game, drops, penalties – uh, turnovers, 
We, I mean, we play, we play, we play poorly really across the board. So we got a lot we got to fix. A lot of things we got to correct. Um, offensively, I mean, just couldn't get anything going. Got to look going a little bit late, but you know, too late, and it's not enough. So we got to do a better job, you know, earlier in the game, which we've talked about, but we're, we're not, we're still not able to do it. I think we got to take a look at everything. Uh, we will take a look at everything, but I would say it's it's really, you know, across the board. Offense, defense, special teams starts with me. Coaching, I got to do a better job. I know I say that every week. I don't want to come up here and say that every week, but you know, I got to do a better job of figuring out a way to help us, you know, play better than that. Um, but. We also have to, you know, we got to play better. And we're out there taking turns and making mistakes in all three phases. And, you know, it's not enough. It's not good enough. Coach, what is the biggest disconnect right now? I mean, that's a, I think we, we it's a tough question. I think we, we we've, I think this is a hard-working team. I think they compete. They prepare the right way. It's not, it's not manifesting itself on Sundays right now. Um, for long enough periods of time, we're inconsistent. We can't string you know, plays together. When we do string plays together, um, there's a penalty or a drop that sets us back or a penalty defensively, and then, you know, instead of being off the field, we're back on the field, or a penalty, you know, in the kicking game, instead of getting the ball, we give it back to them. I mean, there's a lot of things that aren't connected. You've got to play complimentary football in this league. We have not been able to do that. And a lot of it is, um, you know, base, basic fundamentals, watching the ball, you know, keeping your hands down, and away from the face mask area or the face area. I mean, they're you know, things that are correctable, that have been correctable, and we need to correct. Did Ryan, you consider, did you, did you, oh, did you consider uh, going at any point to read Sydney? No. What, how, did you, how would you describe how you did? I thought he did some good things late. I thought offensively, we had some drops that killed drives. We had some penalties that killed drives. Um, we, we, we missed some opportunities early to put some points on the board. And then we couldn't, we, we're, we're inconsistent. That's probably the best term to use right now, across the board. We're inconsistent. Right, so the second week in a row, you got hot on offense at the end. Like, you were throwing the ball down the field, short passes for the first three quarters. That you're right. I mean, I think try to take a methodical approach early. Um, 
we did, you know, have some shot plays early. They covered them. We had to check them down. And, you know, we weren't able to, you know, push it down the field as much as we wanted to uh, early in the game. Um, and then, you know, obviously, late when you you, you gotta you gotta push push it downfield, and um, you're trying to create plays or make plays. We got a couple, um, but we also had the fumble where we're trying to push the ball downfield. So um, that didn't work in our favor. Right? Could it ever help to force the issue? I mean, like you said, you, you want to take what the defense gives you. You want to play methodically, but could it do anything positive for you to? Potentially, I mean, I think you know, I know early on, we you know there was definitely some shot plays there that ended up getting checked down. Um, we need to do more of it. I think, I think as a you know as you're trying to uh, call a game. You, you, you feel like there's some situations where you're going to get a first down and then you're going to take a shot. We had drops and penalties in those instances. So there's a lot that goes into it that, you know, I think you, know, you probably don't, uh, you guys probably wouldn't know. Um, but, you know, that definitely showed up. Hey, you know, we should get a first down on this. It's there. We got it. It's dropped. It's a different. Now it's a different. We got to go into a different mode. Um, uh, well, Will was out. Obviously, I know you guys got that. Um, probably have more information tomorrow. Um, but you know, significant enough that he would out for the for today, and um, probably have a more of a. a We'll run some tests. We ran some tests. We'll run some more tests and have a better better understanding of what happened there. Uh, Byron wasn't able to come back. Again, that's another one we're going to, you know, right after the game, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll run some tests. I think I know he was trying to get back out there. We saw him running around a little bit. It just didn't feel like, you know, he could really go handle a nine ball, handle, you know, the things you got to handle at that position. Byron, uh, Brian, yep. uh, before you came out, we heard Jesse Davis describe the locker room as probably not somewhere you want to be right now. Given that and, and given these two bad losses, how much of your job now is getting players to believe that they can perform so much better than they have? I think our players, they believe that. I mean, I think you can't play in this league if you don't have confidence. So I know they know that they can play better than they're, that we're playing. I think we know that we can eliminate some drops and eliminate some of these penalties that are, uh, you know, not that hard to correct. It's just a little bit more concentration, a little bit more attention to detail. They know that. We've talked about it. That's not showing up on 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 game day. Um, but I think right now it's a, it's about that. It's about you know watching the ball and staying on side. It's about kicking the ball on the field of play. It's about you know keeping your hands away from the face mask area. It's about catching the football. It's about those things, which um, I think if we just do a little bit more of that, we'd, 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 uh, we'd feel better. We'd, we'd, we'd have better results.
Two final questions. Right. What went into the decision? Uh, I think it was the first quarter to take the delay game penalty instead of your ability. Well, we wanted to pin them deep, which we ended up doing. Um, you know, 50, you know, that, I, I forget what the score was. I think it was 3 nothing maybe. Um, I thought we were playing, you know, decent defensively. Um, I think it was like a 55 or 56-yarder. You know, I think it's, it's a tough decision. I, I mean, I have, look, I have confidence, a lot of confidence in Jason that he'd make that, that kick. Uh, but we wanted to play field position uh, right there. And I think we ended up putting him on a one-yard line. Um, and I think we got the ball back. I'm not sure. I got to go back and watch it. But just, you know, that's kind of one of those you could kick it. If you kick it, you don't get it, then you give them good field position. Or do we want to play the field position game, try to play defense? We were doing some good things defensively at that point. So um, just felt like that was the best for the team. Coach, Coach would you say the lack of consistency or um, all the things that have gone wrong lately, is that, is that maybe a lack of focus in some players or? Maybe some lack of talent in some positions or a mixture of the two? I think it's a lack of focus, a lack of concentration, a lack of attention to detail, a lack of, uh, of uh, I think it's all those things. And, and that, that starts with me. Uh, and getting these guys to understand how important those little things are. The little things are important in this game. They're very important. The details are important in this game. And if you don't get them right, then you'll have a false start penalty when you don't need them. You'll have a drop when you don't need them. And those are momentum shifting plays that if you don't make them, and they do, you don't get the result you want. So that's what we, we, that's what we have to do. We got we to gotta focus on those, uh, those little things, those details, and play a smarter, uh, more disciplined, Football game because we're not we're not we're not doing that right now. We're not doing that. That starts with me. Well, having covered Brian Flores for three years now, that's about as open and as transparent as I've heard him at the podium. We're going to come back after this and chop up that Brian Flores press conference and break it down and hear from Juice on how a team can bounce back and how you get to the next week. Get your new Mazda with with Gunther Plus at Gunther Mazda or online at GuntherMazda.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score here from Hard Rock Stadium, Colts 27, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Dolphins games always play here in Miami. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM. The Dolphins are back in action, and this season you can be back in the stands to experience it all live. Get verified tickets from Ticketmaster, the official marketplace of the National Football League, and you won't miss a single epic moment. And rest assured, if your plans change, Ticketmaster has you covered because selling your seats securely with Ticketmaster is as easy as a few taps. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com Dolphins. And we said three or four times throughout the course of that press conference that we thought this was really good from Brian Flores in terms of being transparent, open, honest, and, and brutally honest in a way there with this Miami Dolphins club after another loss, three straight to start the season now, one and three after a season-opening win in New England. Miami falls to the Colts 27-17. And I want to go to Juice here real quick because Flores, among many things that I thought were very intriguing about that postgame presser, talked about the disconnect between what happens Wednesday through Friday on the practice field 
to when they get out there for the game on Sunday. He said it's just not translating right now. Attention to detail. Too many mistakes. Guys are taking turns making mistakes. I mean, he really covered it all bad across the board, he said. Not good enough across the board. So, Juice, my question for you. When you see good practice throughout the week, you see the good corrections get made on Monday, you show up on Tuesday for a lift and, and some more film and whatever the case may be, and you put a few good practices together, you go into Saturday on your off day thinking things are looking good, then you get out there on Sunday and you put together that kind of performance. How does that happen, and what is that like something you internalize? Like, What do you go to when you're getting the good week of practice in and then Sunday it's not happening for you? Well, you know, you can tell the frustration is there from Coach Flores and, and, and probably the coaching staff in general. You know, because you do put in that good week. And I'm going to tell you this, too. You know, you get that good look. You know, it's the scout team, the show team, whatever you want to call it, you know, versus your number ones or the starting team on offense, starting team on defense. So if your show team, you know, for defense that's showing or starting offense a look, if they're out there giving you that good look and you're getting good results, it's frustrating to show up on Sunday and not see it translate. Because everybody had a good feeling, I'm sure, coming in to practice of how good practice was, you know, and how good they were feeling about the way they were doing things all week long, you know. How many of those guys, how many of those coaches, how many of those players went to bed last night after that last meeting, the last little, you know, watched a little bit of film, feeling good about what was going to happen today. And then when you get out there and it doesn't happen, it doesn't translate right away. It doesn't, it doesn't go the way you expected it to go. A lot of these teams, I don't know if the Dolphins do it or not, would you sit there and you script a certain number of plays at the beginning, plays that you think will work right away, something that you saw in the last few weeks, what the Colts were doing, and we could take advantage of that situation? Or you just want to script it to see how they adjust to this, how they adjust to this motion, how they adjust to this set, you know, or compared to what they did in the last couple of weeks, did they make the adjustments? And so when you go out there and you don't have that success in the first one, two, three, five series, then what are you doing? Now you're scrambling and you're reeling and see, like, okay, what adjustments can we make? This game is all about adjustments. Nobody's going to show you the same thing. I mean, this we talked about. This is, this is alumni weekend here, and so many alumni were here. But one of my favorite alumni that were here was special teams coach Mike Westoff. And Westoff never showed anybody the same thing for six or seven weeks. So you wouldn't be able to game plan him on what we're going to do in return game, either punt, kickoff, or going down on punt team. or you know. So for, for us to go out there and see four weeks now or three weeks of what Indy's doing and then put a game plan together and then think we've got something that will work against them and it did not work on either side of the ball, it's got to be frustrating for everybody. And I wonder how much of that actually kind of avalanches there in that first quarter because technically if you look at the play, the plays ran, the yardage gained, all that stuff, Miami kind of controlled the game in the first quarter yeah. and largely because of that muff punt because we obviously have a drive stall out. You punt the ball, you get it, you get it back on the muff. Right. Then you go like three plays for seven yards, you kick a field goal, <laughs> and then you get another stop and you get the offense back on the field. You drive down again and you opt not to kick a 55-yard field goal. I thought that was the right decision for the simple fact that the Colts offense looked dead in the water through the much of that first part of that game. But if that's but, the case, why not kick it? If you think you can get stop points on the board, Because then if you miss a 55-yarder, they're in plus territory but almost if to offense, begin with. But if you think you can control their offense. So, so that – I do – and not to interrupt your point there, Travis. And I, but I, I wanted to come back to you for Flores, so, yeah, go ahead. No, well, I just – I do think that that was – is a question that we've seen a couple different times where they did not elect to go to Sanders uh, on long field goals that we've seen him make in the past. And so I don't, I don't know what that's about, but I did think that that was curious. Yeah, it, it was interesting, you know, and I just I thought that from the 
early stages of the game, it looked like Miami was going to be in control, but then you make those mistakes, and it turns seven points into three points or three points into no points. So you can sense the frustration there across the board. Coach Flores, for, for sure. sure. You got a point? Well, no, I just, I'm, but it was still seven to three at the halftime. And so, yes, it's disappointing certain things didn't work. And yes, you wish you could have taken advantage more of certain, some of these opportunities. But, but it was still 7-3 at the yeah. half. So I, but did you see anything in that first half to say, okay, I mean, we're still in the game, but did you see anything like, all right, second half, we're going to – Nothing to hang your head on. Go. Absolutely not, no. I didn't see, not, I didn't see not anything. Not enough. I and didn't see enough. And that's know? three games in a row, first drive of the half for the opposing defense. That's a, big, I, that's a great field. point right well, there. Coming out, coming out, of the, coming out yeah. in the third quarter, man, where is the biggest – is the biggest – other than the opening drive, the opening of the second half drive is the biggest drive, in my, in my opinion, in football. Because you know what you're looking at exactly at that point, right. right. And for them, every time we've come out, it seems like we've come out, we've been gassed. And Buffalo, Las Vegas is one thing. Those are two of the top offenses in the National Football League. Indianapolis has struggled to score points all year long. True. And then we go out so there and we. Those let are them defensive questions, right? So, I yeah. mean, obviously, but I'm saying, so, so that's. Those are not Was the defense tired, Seth? Maybe they were tired. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't give them tired at that point, Juice. I, I can't, can't either. Oh, this one, no. Yeah. I, can't, I can't give them one that. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, guys, we got we got to go to a break here real quick. I want to come back and get back into Brian Flores because I got a whole bunch of notes here that I wrote down talking about the he things really that he, he covered. Very good press conference from Brian Flores there. Yeah. After Miami Falls, 27-17 to 17 to the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. Get your new Mazda with Gunther Plus at Gunther Mazda or online at GuntherMazda.com for car buying done your way. you got to get to Gunther. Again, final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Colts 27, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Check out South Florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at Hard Rock Live, award-winning dining at Suppresso and Council Oak, and much, much more only at Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood. And we kind of finished off there talking a little bit about the Brian Flores press conference postgame and honesty and transparency was kind of the message there. And Seth, I want to go to you here because we didn't get a chance to really dive into your take on the press conference. That's usually where we go for this type of thing. And, you know, we, we talked about it. I've got a bunch of notes here, you know, no, no idea or no consideration of Reed Sinnott to come into the game. Talked about inconsistency across the board. He addressed the Dolphins' offensive approach to be kind of more methodical was that the word he used, and more kind of close to the vest early in the game, trying to take advantage of some of the stuff the Colts' defense did to them. Your takeaways from this press conference after this tough loss from Brian Flores? Well, well, first of all, I think Coach is asking a lot of the same questions yep. we are, right? And but he's in a position to go ahead and, and impact that change and, and ultimately is the guy we want to see the answers from or hear the answers from. But I, I thought it was it, it was really introspective. I mean, he took – he even in the heat of the battle, he had the opportunity, Juice, to kind of reflect on what his team is giving him, what's been going on in practice, and I think he pointed a lot less emotionally to us. I don't know what it's going to be like when he sits down with his coaching staff, but a lot less emotionally than, than what we've been here uh, certainly what you've been here, Juice. But, but he, I, you know, I think he broke it down. And these are the questions that I was kind of asking. Like, we're frustrated and it's bad, but what can you point to? I thought the attention to detail thing was, was huge. We know that he's really big going back to that takes no talent and people want to laugh at that. But those are the things, is, to use your term, Travis, that this team has hung their hat on. It, it is playing smart football. It's not being penalized, not making dumb plays at the most uh, inopportune times. And, you know, fourth and three at the 50-yard line to get an offside penalty uh, when, when you've stopped the team and you're about to get the ball back, that is definitely not what you expect from a Brian Flores coach team. And we saw that time and time again. Uh, and, and I think, you know, it was too early for guys to be pressing, Juice. Yeah. I thought it was too early. So 
it was interesting to hear those things from Coach Flores. I know sometimes he's short. I know sometimes if you talk to the local media, they're probably frustrated because they're not getting the answers that they want from Coach, and, and I get a kick out of that. But I thought he was pretty open here. I thought he was really open, and that tells me he's He's not going to get a lot of sleep this week. Right. I think he's going to turn over every rock. He's going to explore everything he can. He's going to continue to demand excellence. But I also don't think that you're going to and, – and, you know, go back and listen to those answers. I don't think you're going to see wholesale change. I think he believes in, you know, that whole trust the process nobody wants to hear. I think he believes in the process. I think he believes in his team and that if they continue to do things and coach the things in the way they think are the right ways to coach it, that he'll start to see change. Well, you know, I so hope he's right. It's, it's, so, it's so funny you say that because we've said this multiple times throughout this whole, you know, um, you know throughout the season already, in week, in week four, it's just, it's, this is not the signs of a Brian Flores coach team. It's not. We're seeing things that we, in the first two years, we we didn't see these mistakes. Right. Even, and we even when they were enough. five and eleven, exactly right. Yeah, that's fair. And we were we were less talented then, but we didn't make those other mistakes. Now we have, in my opinion, more talent. Yep. Now we're making the mistakes that are killing us. We're making way more mistakes. The penalties, the, the case in point, that fourth and three and being offsides. Are, are you kidding me? I, 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 now I'm, I'm sure we're in punt safe right there. There's no reason to even think about being offside right there. You know what I mean? And that, that's, a, that's, that's a big problem. We, we don't know, and I, I saw Jakeem Grant call a fair catch on the, on the punny muff, you know, because I watched it, like, all the way across. He called it early. You see it on TV because I tried to find it. But when he got there, he was already, he'd already settled. So he had already called, he called so the fair catch. I went and watched the replay. I didn't right. see it the fair catch. It wasn't on the replay. I heard it in the press But he called the fair catch, and then he made his way over to the ball. But it looked like he so, tried to make a move, Juice. Exactly right. You know, exactly. It did look like he did. But That's I a mental saw, as much I as a physical, saw the fair it? catch being called, you know. So there's no way in the world. Like I was saying, you guys, before we even started, you try to catch that ball with everything on your body. From head to toe, if you call a fair catch, the most important thing is to secure the catch. Especially when your defense did a great job of getting you the ball back. Right. The last thing as a punt returner you, you can do is give the guys the ball back in their te- in your territory. So, and to that point, I, you know, on the lunch bunch at Bo Campers, what I said was, if the, you know, my big key to the game was if this team, if this defense could get back to what they did last year and hold the Colts, not even a 31% success rate on third down, but if they could hold them under 50%, mm-hmm. which they did, right. if they could hold them under 50% in third down, and, and early on it was much lower than that that they would win the game. But the problem is, is when you hold them on third down, but you give the ball back to them on fourth down, you've defeated the whole purpose there. Right. And, and so we had the punt, the offsides on the punt, and the muffed punt, and that resulted in 10 points. Those are big. Those are big huge, 10 points huge right points. there. Huge. You know, and I kept looking up, and I, I knew you guys were too. He was 27-17. Yeah. I kept looking up, and I just, called, I just saw the clock just ticking away, ticking away ticking away opportunities just starting to tick away you know and it was like man down 10 was one thing and then it became more and more and like then you get there you look up with six minutes left in the game you're down 27 10 it's like yeah uh, that that was tough pill to swallow but let me tell you when they were down 10 and there was a drive and i I forget the the down distance time but they had a, a i think it was a third down play and and let me say this i know we're not giving out game balls we haven't been able to give one out in three weeks but Jalen Phillips, I, I really was excited about, you know, each game he has taken another step forward. And I think we're starting to see a guy that, that can produce in the way that you want 
from the 18th overall pick, right? Yep. The 18th yep. overall pick. And uh, both in, in run defense, certainly pass rush, got a half sack. He was in on – had pressures in other plays. There were, there were things he still needs to learn and correct. That play – where he gets another big pressure. I thought he was just going to destroy Carson Wentz, potentially like a fumble there. Wish he had hit him a little bit lower. Wentz kind of ducks at the last second, and they throw the face mask, the flag for the face mask. I think it was a missed call. I did too. I do. I, not yeah. on the field there. The replay it looked like a missed call to me. I know you can't get your hands up around a quarterback in this league. I think it was a missed call. But that moment, that was kind of like where all the air came out. Yeah. Because I, I, yep. even at that point, with the way that – you know, again, we talk about when things get sloppy and, for, you know, Brissett was just getting started there and they're moving the ball. But that was where you said, Juice, because the clock, they, I thought they were managing the clock well, being in a negative position. But, but at that point, when that call was made, it, it all was lost. Yeah, yeah he, he kind of flew by and grabbed that face mask. And it just it seemed kind of unintentional. It. It, looked, it looked to me like the old five-yard variety where you accidentally grab it. And they used to throw a flag for that for five yards, but now it's only 15 or no flag at all. So right. I'm with you. Uh, that was a, a big back-breaking play in that game, among many back-breaking plays in that game. We're going to take a break here real quick. But first, let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKIS HD2 Boca Raton, home of the Miami Dolphins. Powered by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. And Odyssey Station. The Miami Dolphins are coming to a Publix near you with giveaway items, cheerleaders, alumni, and more for the first ever Miami Dolphins tailgate tour. The third stop is this Saturday, October 9th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Publix in Dadeland, located at 9105 South Dadeland Boulevard in Miami. Be sure to check that out. Again, the final score from Hard Rock Stadium, Colts 27, Dolphins 17. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.